ready for your punishment, slave. I sometimes scream out, no. When really, I mean, yes. Yes, yes! And this is why we have the safe word. Until we hear the safe word, we will not stop. She's not a Christian! No! Safe Word with Jason Rouse. Hey, this is Jason Rouse, and welcome to the Safe Word Podcast. I just finished a um, a weekend of shows in uh, Vancouver. It was awesome. It was very fun. I thank you for everyone who came out to the late shows and the people who came out to the early shows. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I, I, I made an effort, but uh, I'm not a 7 o'clock show guy. I'm just not a performer you want to see when the sun is up. I do comedy for the dead. Okay? So if you see a show that's booked in comedy before the sun goes down, don't waste your time. All right? I like to thank everybody who came and the staff. Um... That disabled girl that needed help in the washroom, you know, I, I didn't know uh, she liked me like that. But I, over time, after the petting slowed down and the death rattle stopped, everything went cold and still. And I felt alive. And she's a better person because of it. And uh, it rained in Vancouver. How odd is that? But it's it's been a uh, it's been a great week. I'm uh, I've got a few more days off. We had uh, actually T.J. Miller uh, came out. I was very excited about that. I'm a big fan of the Transformers. So unfortunately, he got killed off in the first scene. And uh, I've got a guest. I've got a guest on the show tonight. Local comedian uh, Mark Hughes. How you doing? I'm pretty good. Actually. I'm, I'm swell. In are, fact, are you swell? I'm swell. It's. Uh, are you from Vancouver? I was born in Edmonton, Oof, and then I lived. Of. <laughs> yeah, then I lived in Calgary. In Calgary, Calgary, mm. uh, till I was five. But I've lived in Vancouver since I was five. Cool. Vancouver's yeah. a cool city. Yeah, it is. I like it. You really want to be in one of three cities in this country: mm. Toronto, Calgary, <laughs> Vancouver. Right. That's really it. Where else are you gonna? Where where would, where, where would be a secondary place? Especially as as far as show business goes, you're pretty much Toronto, Vancouver. In Canada, uh, Edmonton's got a decent scene uh, for comedy. Really? Uh, apparently, it's not like they don't have shows every day mm. or every night necessarily, um, but the quality is really good. Okay, um, I'll be the judge of that. Yeah, there you go. Right. <laughs> um, about it i don't know what uh what have you performed in like edmonton, edmonton i've been in edmonton uh anything in ontario no i haven't gone that far yet i uh i'm working on that i've i've done a bit in bc but i haven't really done much outside east of uh alberta yet it's fun yeah yeah i find the ontario gigs can be a lot of fun because there's not as much driving if you're a west coast guy you really gotta accept the fact that you're, there's gonna be a lot of driving involved you gotta go right. to the people right there's a huge gap uh of in between you know uh, uh um cranbrook and vancouver right there's not a lot going on in between anything there Except for the people disappearing and stuff like that. Has there been people disappearing? All over BC, there's these highways and stuff where uh, women get disappear. Who's hitchhiking in 2015? There's, there's enough bad movies Some about people, it. like, some couples swing, some hitchhike, oh, yeah. I guess, right? Yeah, there must, there's, there's something about, I guess, for some teenage girls that get fucked by truck drivers on the road. Right. Oh, God, I wish I drove trucks still. <laughs> Wish I was a teenage girl. <laughs> <laughs> but you're, you're a local comic here yeah. in Vancouver. Yeah. But you did some things before comedy. Oh, yeah. You know, made all the right choices. <laughs> you told me. <laughs> yeah. Which got my ear and said that you, in a combined time, you've been in prison for seven years. Oh, no. More than that. Combi oh, really? Combined time, 10 years. Really? Yeah. From the age of 15 to 27, I spent about 10 years in prison. And, yeah. and how many different... Uh, um, Spas and and, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, resorts, uh, gated communities. Yeah, ten, fifteen. So what was what was the first one like? Because 
usually some people are like, oh, I've been in prison once. Right. But you've been in prison. I have, last time I counted, I had 40 plus convictions and I'd been to prison like, like, okay, so in, then out at least 20 times. Okay. Some kind of correctional institution. Did you run into the same? Because in that, that circuit, yeah. uh, you run into the same lawyers and police officers, and then they just sort of. get, they get sick of seeing you. Pretty much, yeah. And they're like, you know what? Fuck you. Yeah. We're not cutting you any slack. You're Pre- clearly not interested in any kind of change in your Pre- life. Pretty much. Basically, the way it worked is when I first started, they're giving me, like, they're, they're um, cutting me some slack, as you say, or, or taking pity on me. And then after, like, the fourth or fifth time, they realize I'm what they call a prolific offender. Relapse, Ricky. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, so it started off like you asked about the first time. The first time I was in for eleven days in a in a juvie young offender institution. Mm-hmm. Next time was twenty one. The next time was like two months. The next time was like three months in the juvie. In the juvie, okay. And then the next time was eight months. Mm. And then the next time was tra- I got uh, I escaped from a young offender institution as an adult. I was still serving a, a juvie sentence, uh-huh. but I was an adult. An escape is a criminal offense. Oh, they, they, they tried, upgraded you? They upgraded me. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I graduated. You yeah, graduated. I graduated. Here you go, son. So then I went to an adult institution for like a year. Then What was the first day at the adult? Oh, fuck. So I go in, right? I walk in. I, I Now, I look, for your viewers, I look a lot younger than I than I am. And uh-huh. I've always looked a lot younger than I am. When I first started, they marched me into the... Uh, the section of the institution is called admission and discharge. So mm-hmm. that's where they book you in and everything, right? The guards thought that the transport officers had made a mistake. Mm-hmm. They're like, stop. What the fuck are you? Like literally yeah, yeah. mad because the, the, if they throw a 12-year-old kid in, like it's, it's problems. Sure. And I'm like, no, I'm 18. And so then I get in there. But the thing is, is I'd been doing this thing. Like I'd been a dedicated dope fiend and criminal since I was 15. You know how I to knew- navigate. I knew guys, most of my friends were in the adult institution, right? Yeah. But still, you walk in and like, even though my buddy's like, don't worry, when you get here, you'll be okay. You don't know until you get there, right? Yeah. So I get in and then, you know what? You get tested right out of the gate? Nah, that, that, a lot of that stuff's bullshit. Some, some of that, like sort some places, depends on the joint, depends on who's there, depends on the security level, depends on a bunch yeah. of different things. Mostly people in Canadian prisons... As long as you're not fucking with anyone else, they don't. They leave you alone for the most part. Keep your but head down, your nose clean. Pretty much, you can kind of weather it. Pretty much, uh, doing time. The one thing that was hard and that was good and hard about doing time was that you get so used to it, and it's actually fairly easy to live there. It's like you're, everything's taken care of. Yeah, you, like you don't have to think for yourself. No, everyone uh, does your thinking. for Everything's you. black and white too. So don't do. If you do this, you get stabbed or fucking. Murdered. Yeah, don't do it, and you're fine. The system's in place, and right. you're not going to change it. Right. In right. with in with the convicts and the prison there's, system. Well, you're, yeah, you're dealing with two different cultures. Yeah. Too, right. So there's the, there's the rules for the there's the rules for the uh, that the the staff and the administration have for the institution. Mm-hmm. Then there's the convict rules, which are almost contrary to the sure right. And you have to learn how to navigate that too. Um, but the thing is. I got the, the hardest part. People always go, what What was it like in prison? And I fuck with them and I go, it was great. Yeah. Yeah, it was so good. I the got monkey la- bars were hilarious. Oh, yeah. And I got laid anytime I wanted. And, you know, <laughs> I might be a seven on the street, but I'm like a fucking 15 in there. <laughs> You'd never believe the ego stroke it is for that you get when someone wants to murder someone for you. Yeah. Right? Um, but all joking aside, the hardest part about doing time is getting out. Is the transition? Yeah, my first five years out of the out of prison, no exaggeration. I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. Really? Yeah. What? Because you're just in submerged in the criminal life for so much. Well, and I started so young, like I didn't even know how to pay a phone bill. Yeah. I'd never learned. I'd never had a job. It's basic I, social skills. Right. So you're just doing a lot of breaking enters and stuff like that. It started, but it. I'm a I'm a recovering heroin and cocaine addict, and um, so it started as like minor B and E's, stealing cars, breaking yeah. into cars. Then over the years, it started turning into armed robberies and stuff like that. The last time I was in prison, I was doing a nine-year sentence for robbing a couple convenience stores, a home invasion robbery, a break and enter. Did you uh, get video? Is that how you got caught? Uh, no. Um, leaving evidence behind and stuff like that. And then I just copped to it. 
I just went, yeah, okay, fine. Because my life was so fucked up. Like, I was on yeah. the street. Yeah. When I got arrested the last time. Prison could only help. <laughs> I was rescued. I wasn't arrested. Yeah. Um, and, like, the, when I got arrested in 2000, December 24, 2000, I'd been up for, like, three weeks shooting coke. December, and I was just, just before Christmas? Yeah. yeah. And I sh- it's, it was shitty because I went to my parents' house. And under no circumstances was I allowed there. Yeah. Just because I'd turned into such a mess, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I showed up. My dad was like, well, you know what happens if you come here? I got to call the cops. I'm like, go ahead. And I basically just surrendered. Yeah. And then five years later, I got out for the first time. Uh-huh. And uh, I got clean while I was in there. Not because I was in there. There's, that's an important differentiation. Because when I was... There's lots of drugs in the in prison. Sure. Tons. So I started racking up shitloads of debts and I realized, oh fuck, I'm going to get murdered here if yeah. I don't pay my debts, if I don't do something about this drug problem. So I got clean. Everything was cool. I ended up getting out clean, but I was so institutionalized and fucked up. Product I, of your environment. Right? I didn't know what to do. Long story short, a couple months later, I ended up holding up a bank to get sent back to prison because I was just like, I can't do this. I just want to go back. That happens. That happens to a lot of people. It's it's a, it's a familiar environment. There's just some stability. And Absolutely. Stru- and structure. A, lot, a lot of guys might not have done it. Military. A lot it, of guys it, get in the military ex- for exactly, the same reason. Exactly. Uh, and a lot of guys who reoffend or, or get reincarcerated might not have done it like consciously, but... Mm. Maybe they were doing things like crime that, like, of course, they're going to get yeah, caught for. It's like somebody in a bad relationship yeah. with themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good observation. Yeah. So you, you show up the, the first time you, you had a rapport with some of the other uh, inmates from yep. just the scene. Yeah. And uh, so you get in. You, this is your first time in an adult yeah. uh, security system. And w- what prison was this? Uh, the first time I was in an adult institution, I was 18. And it was in an institution on the island called Wilkinson Road. On Vancouver Island? Yeah. yeah I, the, the young offender institution I was in was on the island. So when I got tried as an adult, you just go to the closest just joint. Put, put you in the Greyhound yeah, and send you yeah, next there you door. There you go. Yeah. So you go in yeah. and they give you your clothing. All that shit. Sell. Then the guards try and scare me and they said, uh, are you gay? And I'm like, no. And they go, well, you're going to be when you leave here. Yeah. And I'm just like, fuck off, man. I Like yeah. I knew that's bullshit. Like, and sure. then I get in and then it was fine. And then I just did my time and. That was the end of that. So how do they decide on, like, if you don't like your roommate, <laughs> what do you... You can you can, you can, can kind of... test it? You, you got to be careful of that because you can't go to the you can't go to the guards and... Um, Say this guy's got to move? No, you, can, you can't do that. Some If, if you don't like him and it, there's no actual beef, you can just say, hey, can I move to a different room? If there's a beef, there's some... Prison has a lot of politics, really funny things. Like you can't be seen like you're talking to the guards too much or you're considered a stool pigeon, right? Yeah, so, yeah, and, yeah. And if there's a, if you guys, let's say you guys do have an argument and then you go to the guards, you'd be looked at like yeah, a rat. rat. Yeah. So what guys tend to do, I never did this, but what some guys do, well, they'll, they'll extort a guy into going and changing the cell. That way he looks like the punk and not you. Right, oh. yeah. It's all about shit like that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's an elaborate chess game. It, it, it like. is. It is. And what ends up, one of the reasons I, I got out of the game, as it were. Is you, in order to survive prison, you have to develop this uh, paranoia. You have to everything second guess. Nothing is what it seems, right? Even when it is, mm. it was starting. To, it was too mentally taxing. I couldn't. I, I basically bottom line couldn't do time anymore. Um, like I just psychologically was incapable of handling the stress of doing time anymore. Yeah, it's like yeah. You're, you're in a strange cult. Yeah. for a long period of time, and there's no transition. Right. There's no. There's no bridge. You're just from fucking crazyville yeah into uh normal town right and when i got out that was some of the pro- some of the problems i was alluding to earlier that probably happens to a lot of people <sighs> yeah man it's uh why is that don't you think what would what would is there something that could be done i there must be some sort of programs uh, that, in this place. is one of those things that they discuss at universities and things like yeah. that it's hard it's the problem with prison it's like post Traumatic, like pretty much, yeah. I I have PTSD, post traumatic stress disorder, okay. like a severe case of it too. And um, uh, on top of everything else, a bonus feature. Mm. Um, but it's it's not easy because the problem with prison is it's such an unnatural thing to do. Uh. It's like keeping an animal in a cage. Sure, that's unnatural. You wouldn't. It's so cruel. It starts pacing over over and over again, and then you let time. it out, and it doesn't know what to do. Yeah. Right. And uh, the thing about animals, particularly humans, it, where where humans excel over animals is where our ability to adapt and yes. we can actually change our environment to adapt to it uh-huh. problem with prison is you can't change your environment very much so you just have to you have to like 
almost over adapt to it uh-huh. and you adapt so well the backswing isn't there then you get out and it's like so someone says hey um here's an example someone will ask me a question just a generic question just something kind of personal uh How's your cousin been? Right. And I'm like, what the fuck does this guy want to know about my cousin for? Right? What's the angle here? Yeah. And just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. every piece of information is used against you. Right. In, and in that situation. Exactly. And then I might, doing my best not to overreact, but I might come off as awkward or insecure or something like that, which ends up unfortunately pushing people away because they're like, what's wrong with this guy? Yeah. And I can't. I can't go and tell everyone, oh, hey, just so you know, if I answer the question weird, it's because I spent most of my life in prison. You know what I mean? <laughs> so bear with me, would yeah, you? Yeah, Don't yeah. worry. It wasn't for rape or anything. Yeah. So, and it's, that's one of the reasons I think a lot of guys have a hard time getting out. It's these sort of subtleties and nuances mm. and they don't know how to handle stuff like that. And I'm fortunate, like in some ways, and I'm not, I'm no hero. I'm not bragging, but I'm in some ways like a miracle. Like I'm almost a, a, an anomaly. I, I almost shouldn't be here right now yeah right like because i was like everybody i've had on the show right <laughs> I, I was young when i got decided to go straight or whatever usually guys are in their 40s before they really start attempting it and then by that time it's almost like fuck too late right and yeah you've pissed all your your youth out the window and, and now you've got all this focus and ambition but none of the and you got 20 30 years of like how do you explain that to, yeah. to employers and stuff like that right and so I'm young, so I that's okay. Considering the amount of time and the amount of and the age I went in, statistically speaking, I shouldn't. I should. I should be crazy. Mm. I am, but like I'm functional. Like yeah. I have a, a I have a mental health problem, but I'm I'm able to deal with it. You're aware I, of it. Yeah, I should point. be so fucked up. Like a lot of guys I know who are in similar situations. We have a thing in Vancouver called the Downtown East Side. It's world renowned. It's like got one of the worst drug problems in North America. Most of the guys who are similar to me end up down there and they just kind of they can't leave there They're yeah just, describe uh, that because i've i've seen it like it's it's basically an open drug market yeah so it's a it's people shooting dope on the street smoking crack it's, yeah on the it's street. not a corner no it's square blocks it, it's it's yeah it's it's about a kilometer squared yeah and it, it the, the epicenter of it is about two blocks of drug addicts just on the street i've seen f- video footage of la skid row it's kind of like that but worse um, yeah uh and you can sell dope on the street. You're not legally allowed to, but it's it's one of these things where the police sort of contained it. And as long as everything's going on there, no one really gives a did shit. Did you spend a lot of time? Yeah, in tons. your heyday. Yeah, yeah. Fif- I, well, I was 15 the first time I did. I I was hanging around down there. What was the worst thing that you saw that were, even put you off? Down there, um, saw someone. No, I didn't see it, but I saw the aftermath of someone getting thrown out of a window. Oh, I've seen lots hotel? of ODs. I've seen like really gross abscesses from shooting dope. Oh, their, yeah, yeah, all that yeah, kind of yeah. stuff. Open sores, women gangrene. Shoot, women, women who I see one day, six months later, they look like they're seventy years old. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah. I when yeah. I, I when I first moved here, I moved to, um, I moved from ninety three. I think fall of late summer ninety three. Yeah. I came here and uh, we ended up staying at a hostel on Main Street yeah. across from the Ivanhoe. And uh, we used to go to the Ivanhoe and have drinks. And I remember meeting some people there and then seeing them six months later and them being unrecognizable. Yeah. Yeah. It was insane. It used to be that women who were on the downtown east side, from the day they stepped foot down there, had an average life expectancy of seven years. Jesus. I think it's a bit better now because some of the service, there's more services and Needle stuff down. Needle exchanges yeah. and stuff. We have a safe injection site. Yeah. Vancouver can boast that. Um, and... Uh, do that, they have test things and stuff too for yeah. quality, so you're not getting a hot shot. You can, you can, um, yeah, you can actually give them dope to, to really, yeah, yeah, yeah. To, and That's the how nurse, it nurses be. will even fix you up too. The only thing they won't do is sell you drugs. That's about it. Yeah, yeah. But they'll they'll put it in a safe, clean environment yeah. that it's you're not you're, yeah. you're abusing yourself and nothing else. Yeah, it it well, it's the called, least. It's, the the the, the, the treatment strategies or model is called harm reduction. So it's not meant to get someone abstinent, but it's meant to improve their quality of life so they stay alive long enough to maybe one day yeah because statistically the the uh, who wants to be on methadone <coughs> exactly i've seen a buddy of mine on methadone and i was on the, methadone the yeah. sweat he's like it's, it's worse than the heroin it, i couldn't if i was trying to read a book 15 minutes in i was nodding off on methadone yeah I heard that some people were uh, a friend of mine worked at a um, uh, was a pharmacist and they'd come in to get their methadone. 
Well, they'd have to take it in front of them. Yeah. And then they'd go puke it into a sandwich bag oh, yeah. and sell it. Oh, yeah. I used to love drinking that shit. The puke in a uh, methadone? Yeah, yeah. In the joint, that was one of the best ways to get high when I wasn't on the program. People, uh. There was a black market methadone uh, program. So you drink someone else's puke? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, when, when you're in that state, that, that there's no... Well, it's stay sober or get high. Yeah. In my mind, it was an easy choice. Totally. Right? It's escapism. Right. Exactly. Elsie, you're in the I'm joint. I'm in hell. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I need some to live somewhere Give else Give me in something, my head. man. Yeah. yeah. And methadone, if you're if you're not on the program or you're, you're using it recreationally, um, you get high for 24 hours. You uh, wake up high. On a bag of... On yeah. a 40, 40 milliliter dose. Yeah. Jesus. Strong shit. The propaganda, and I don't give a shit if anyone hears this and goes, no, that's not true. That healthcare system says that you don't get high off of methadone? Yes, you do. I and I know why they say that, because they don't want to make it sound like they're giving people drugs, yeah. right? But like psycho, uh, uh, addictive drugs or street sure. drugs. But yeah, you get, you get fucking high off of it. In fact, 40 mils of methadone is the standard dose that they start yet. If, I, if you did that right now without a habit, you could, you could die. Really? That's how strong that shit is, yeah. What what's the the chemical makeup of methadone? What what why, you know what it is? Why is that parallels to heroin? And- it, it it they developed the Nazis developed it because the Allied forces cut off the morphine supplies during World War Two, so it's 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 a it's a synthetic opioid opioid uh, and uh, war yeah makes some of the best shit doesn't it? <laughs> some of our we know more about the human body now because of some of the shit the Nazis did because oh, sure. they did unethical experiments and yeah, stuff yeah. like that right? Yeah, uh, so that's how it. Apparently, someone told me once, and I don't know how true this is, that methadone is actually, there's some kind of petroleum byproduct in it or something like that. It's just, it's uh, on a molecular level, it resembles an an opiate, which is uh, anything Uh that comes from the opium poppy, and your brain can't differentiate the difference, or your body can't differentiate the difference between methadone and heroin. It tricks you. Yeah. It's a trick. It's it's a, it's, yeah. That sounds terrible. <laughs> that sounds oh, terrible. It's fucking horrible. The sweat is that standard. The sweating. Yeah, yeah the sweat, the the the, 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 sweat. the, the clammy to... skin, the pale complexion, the yeah. kind of like uh, you look cadaver. Pretty much, yeah. Like and a... and when you're on it, you don't know. You're not aware of no. your sweatiness. No, when I got off methadone, about a month later, I I it, it dawned on me one day, like my head cleared up, and I'm like, holy shit, did that stuff ever fuck me up? Yeah, it scared the shit out of me actually, because. It scared me because any other time I was doing dope, I kind of knew how fucked up I was. I didn't know how screwed up I was on that. Sure. And it went, whoa, okay, I can't do this anymore. And, well, I was committed by that time anyway. But So first, <laughs> first year in prison, how, yeah. did, how does it go? <laughs> You're kind of you just, were using in jail. Yeah, I was using the first year, so that was about 2001 to 2002. Now, what are you using is, is currency at this point? Tobacco at that Tobacco time. Is- you can't do that anymore because they took smoking out of the federal prison system in canada no smoking no in smoking no that must be that must uh, get a riot going it should have but it didn't okay uh, i don't know they have a way of the inmates are healthier than some of the people in the streets yeah, yeah pretty much yeah no and it didn't cause riots actually i think in some of the maximum securities there was a bit of uprising here and there but it's one of those things you can't fight the system right? and, and and cigarette smokers run out of breath anyway yeah, so exactly, there's probably yeah. a big <gasps> string and cheer and they're like yeah. you know what yeah. we'll just wait it out but there's a black market tobacco. There's a black the tobacco uh, tobacco on the black market in prison now. Five dollars for a cigarette. Five bucks for a cigarette. Yeah. How do you navigate a, a cigarette through a prison system? Because they're quite delicate. A single cigarette. Well, they, I think they come in. Most stuff comes in through like means, either over the fence, staff are bringing it in in a visit or something like that. You bring a a, a pouch of tobacco and stick it in your ass, shit yeah. it out. Bob's your uncle. Then you can. You're you're a tobacco um, baron. How much uh, cigarettes? That you. That's a lot of dough. Yeah. Well, a pouch of tobacco is approximately a carton and a half of cigarettes, if I remember. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. That's a good. That's a good score. If yeah. You know. How do you keep a tobacco, a pouch of, uh, uh, going? Like, how how do you keep it hidden? And somebody's gonna smell it or. Well, that's the thing. I think that's just like the the. the just the game, right? Yeah. Like you're going to get caught eventually. Just try not to get caught for as long what, as possible. What's the penalty for contraband? You get little, like, what they call institutional charges, which is, like, loss of privileges. Uh, maybe even go to the digger or the solitary confinement. Uh, Have you been in the hole? Yeah, yeah. For how long? Uh, a month once, I think. Really? Yeah. <laughs> no yeah. windows? Oh, no, you get windows. No, that stuff's not 
that's, okay. the, that, that's human rights violations and stuff like that. But uh, no real contact with people for like a month. You're only allowed out for like an hour a day. And do, is there some sort of clock involved that you know how many days have passed? Can you keep... You can kind of ask them the time and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, depending on the institution, you might even have a TV in your cell. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. And then time someone opens the door, you're like, whoa. Well, and you, you your body gets used to it too because breakfast comes at a certain time, lunch comes at a certain time, dinner comes at a certain time, and you, can, you just can kind of predict. Like a trained dog. Pretty much, yeah. And you, yeah, fucking hell. Yeah, it sounds interesting. <laughs> it is. It's definitely interesting. So you get in, do your first year, you get out unscathed, yeah. and uh, then it's like, okay, the job market. Yeah. What happened then? So okay, we're talking about when I got out after doing five years, or we talk when? What? Did, would you do five years the first I time? I didn't know the first time I did about a year. Okay. Then I got out, but I just continued doing drugs and crime. How long did it take you to go back in after the first year? Okay. Uh, uh, my average was about two months out at a time. I think the longest so I was out was like... Walk me through the two months. You get out, happy, get out, get out yay, friends. okay, let's go shoot dope. Oh, shit, we're out of dope. Let's go do some crime. Yeah. Rinse, repeat. Yeah. That's it. That was my life. Did you do it by yourself or did you have... I had people I got high with, a crime partner, stuff yeah. like that, yeah. And it, then we just... Rock and roll until I got caught again. Yeah. And that's the life. You just, you, you're not really, when you're living that life again, you're just trying to get away with it for as long as possible. You know, you're getting caught eventually. You just try and yeah. make it as long just as possible. Run it, yeah. Run it, run it, run it run into it. the ground till you get pinched again. Yeah. So then the five years goes in. That was, that's a long, that's that was a long. And then that time I decided to try and go straight when I got out, right? Yeah. I was you, got clean. Enough, you got enough time. Yeah. And I got out. Tried to had a bunch of plans and here's what I'm going to do and this is what I'm going to do and that's what I'm going to do but like like you said the job market and all that kind of stuff not that simple yeah interacting with people didn't really want to tell them where I'd been um, yeah and I became very alone because mm. of that it was very difficult it's and best that way in that case sometimes you yeah know, to, to kind of be your own person for well, a bit but you, you need so community fucked. too though right because sure. you can't just be you're so fucked up in your own head. And then I eventually just went, I can't do this. And I robbed a bank. That was, yeah. <laughs> I can't do this, so I robbed a bank. Yeah, that's see, two, one plus one equals two, right? Did you do it by yourself? Yeah. Uh, you just went in? Uh, just. <laughs> in the day? Was there any planning? Yeah, no, no. What I, I'd been shooting speed balls. I have a joke about this mm. that people tend to like. And it, it, the joke is 90% true. Okay. So I'd been shooting speed balls and I ran out. And it was just sort of, just crystallized in my mind. I'm like. I'm doing dope again. I've got nothing going on out here. It's just a matter of time. Uh-huh. Let's just cut to the chase. So I went and I took a, I took a bus to the bank, and I walked in. What bank? TD Canada Trust. Oh, which one? On uh, Waterloo and Broadway. <laughs> uh, so I go in. Mask? No, no. It's aggressive panhandling. You know. <laughs> so I go in and I just say, "This is a robbery. Give me fifteen hundred dollars." She gives me a wad of money. There's a dye pack in it, which is a cloud of smoke comes out, and it's supposed to mark the bills and you. Yeah. You're robbing it. I didn't even get a nickel out of it. I went and got some money off my parents, actually, and just kept going. And then the next day, the police surrounded the halfway house and arrested me. Jesus. That was it. That's my bank robbery story. Uh, so they, uh, did you, you were just kind of like, I'm glad I got caught at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And then I got back into the joint and I just, I, at that time I felt super defeated. Were the boys happy to see you back? Nah, yeah. it was, They're it like, was, it was so depressing because I'd actually tried to go straight and I failed. And mm. I was like, I got back in. I'm like, okay, well I'm home, but I don't want to be home, but I don't want to be out either. And that's all, t- you know, how they talk about bottoms. Like you reach a rock. Yeah. Well, that was my rock bottom. It was, it, it was in my head. It was like, I, enough I, is enough. I can't do this anymore. I don't, but I don't know how to change. And basically it just, I, th- I found in life when you make a decision to do something and you follow through with the action, things just kind of get put in your path for you and people get put in your path for you to help you. Yeah, and, and things so, start to align. The stars start to align. I hate, I, it sounds flaky, but like manifest or whatever, or law of attraction, mm-hmm. any, it, but that stuff does have some merit. I, you ever hear those people? I don't know, man. Like every time I turn around, I'm getting fucked over. Yeah. You know, well, maybe you're a fucking idiot. Right. Well, Maybe you're attracting fucked overness. Well, also, they tend to have a sense of entitlement and stuff like that, yeah. too, which I got to struggle with, I admit, right? Because I'm lazy. I'm inherently lazy, so uh-huh. I, I think things should just come to me. But I, I back it up with action. 
like, and my life these days is almost, I have a pretty decent life almost in spite of myself. Cause when I got out, I didn't think I was, I would have just been happy with like a place that Fading I could live. away. Yeah. Just, yeah. just being like a guy who'd be left alone who mm-hmm. can maybe eke, eke out my existence. But now I'm doing all kinds of neat shit yeah. and I'm fucking amazed by it. And it, I don't even, I still struggle with myself because of so many different things like self-loathing, Doubt, yeah. all this stuff. And it's like, no, nah, that's not going to work. Fuck who you kid, Mark, you're a loser. That'll yeah. never happen. But I, my actions are contrary to yeah. that. And, and I benefit from it, I, the fruit of my life is 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 it, 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 it's evidence of and, that, and right? It, 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 and it takes some. T- people are never trained in, or showed how that if you put some time into something, that's why you get a lot of people who try and if they see you doing something successful or creative, they'll try and sabotage yeah. it, and because they it bothers them so much that they have don't they they really want to do what you're doing or yeah. and something in that in that vein, and it, it's it's so heartbreaking to them. They'll come around and try and, you know, knock your ice cream yep. out of your hand. Yep. And you're like, I'm struggling like you. You're just making a choice to be a fucking piece of shit. Yeah. And I'm decided not to. Exactly. That, it's a simple decision. Yeah, exactly. I uh, Yes or no. And that's it. Like, it, I just decided, like, when I got out of the joint and things started kind of going well for me, I had a lot of help. Like, I'm, I'm blessed that way. That helps. And I don't use that term very loosely. Mm. I am blessed with great people in my life, right? Mm. Like... They're more important than my family, actually, yeah. some of the people, right? And I had people who helped me get on my feet, and it was fucking amazing. Like, wow. But It's nice to find, you know, because I, I don't know what your experience is like, but when you, you don't have that support system when you're growing up, that's why you go to the, the that kind of lifestyle because no one's, no one's looking out for you. No one's paying attention to you. It's like, well, no one gives a fuck about me, so I'll just hurt myself. Absolutely. Uh, I ended up doing drugs and crime because similar to why some guys join gangs, same thing. Family. Yeah. Looking I, for some sort of support system. These guys liked system. me and they wanted me around. Yeah. Right? And it's all bullshit. Right. It's all fucked up. But yeah, and also they have their own motives for having... Like, what? put it put it in perspective. I was a 15-year-old kid hanging around with 30-year-olds. What the fuck's up with that, yeah, right? Definitely. Like, they obviously have weird motives. Definitely. Right? Exploitation right. on every level. So, um, I got out. I got my shit together. and But once I started got, getting on my feet a little bit, I was like, you know what? I spent enough of my time in life being kind of an observer watching things not being a participant i want to be a participant now yeah like i'll give you a perfect example this and you can extrapolate from this i don't watch porn not because of any ethical or fuck i i, I just it's like nah i'd rather try and do that stuff rather yeah. than watch it <laughs> fucking what i watch lots of porn in the joint or red magazines and mm. stuff like that fuck that shit if there's a fucking dog in the thing let's go get one from the SPCA and make his life better, yeah, too, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and then I'll fucking, or whatever. I'm, I'm joking, but like, and people go, why don't you, you must watch porn. I'm like, no, nah, I'd rather, that five minutes that it took me to watch that video, I'd rather invest the energy into finding some chick who'd be into doing something like that. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And having more of a, a, some more substance Absolutely. in your relationships. Yeah. That, a lot of that stuff, drugs and, yeah. and pornography is, is very much a quick fix. Absolutely. It, and it's a, it's a great distraction. It's, but the fantasy though, yeah, it, and the, yeah. the end game of it is, is it goes nowhere. Right. It's it's a nowhere thing. Now a word from our sponsors. Did you know that the YMCA is the nation's largest child care provider? My name is Jesse and I'm seven years old. I smoke cigarettes and raw weed. At the YMCA of Greater Dayton, they have quality care for children of all ages. When I grow up, I would be a stripper and make a lot of money. From babies to sixth graders, the Y is building future leaders today. When my mom gets in my face, I say, shut the f*** up, you stupid bitch! And with 49 area locations, they are close to your community. When my mom gives me P.O., I call her stupid biatch. I took a knife and I cut my mom's truck and now she knows not to get me P.O. I love going to the Y and your kids will too. What are you waiting for? Join our Y family today. Shut the f*** Go to www.jasonrouse.com backslash Skype and come and leave a voice message. If you like the show, tell me what you think. You can say, hey, I like the show. Tell me a story. You want some romantic advice. You want to know how to bury a body. Maybe you need a friend. They won't tell. I'll tell. I won't tell. I just want to, I just want to touch his skin. Jasonrouse.com backslash Skype. Now back to the show. 
So you go prison. How long ago was uh, the last prison? I got out uh, seven and a half years ago, going on eight. And yeah. you, you were you clean the last year you were yeah, in prison? Yeah, my first year in prison, I was clean. So I've been clean a year longer than I've been out. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. What what's what was the transition like? Because you've been down that road so many times with the relapse and right. stuff. What made this, this, this? I went to a treatment center, a rehab, uh, and I got hooked in with the 12-step communities. Mm-hmm. And basically, they just, a bunch of right people at the right time, and I was ready for it, saw that this kid needs help. Yeah. And they scooped me up. That's great. They basically allowed me into the community and really just helped me. And they were like, and because they, I think they could tell that I really wanted it, but I was lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, six months after I got out, I ran into a guy who, in in the program, we call it a sponsor. He's yeah. more of a mentor. He grabbed me at a meeting, literally. Yeah. He said, "Do you feel?" He put his hands on my shoulders and said, "Do you feel oppressed when I do this?" And I said, "Yeah." He goes, "You felt oppressed most of your life, haven't you?" I said, "Yeah." And he goes, "I want to help you." And after we got past the part, why does a sixty-year-old guy tr- want to talk to me? He just sure. he really did just want to help me. Person. Yeah. He just he said, and I asked him once. I said, what, "What's in this for you? Why why do you want to help me, man?" He goes, "Because I see myself in you, sure. and you're lost right now, and you need help." And he used to just give me little tasks to do, like he'd drive me Building to job blocks. Yeah. He just it just takes little, little life skill little things, things, right? He'd drive me and to it my interview. Your yeah. Confidence. And Absolutely. Then you, yeah. Before you know it, you're you you've rounded out all right. those pieces that you were missing. And it took a few years, but here I am, right? You know, I'm no yeah. I'm no model of mental health necessarily, but I'm doing pretty good. Yes. Right? And, and, and yeah. most definitely in comparison to like where how did you get into heroin at fifteen? It's you know, Vancouver. That's fucked well, up. Well, that's the one thing. It's Vancouver. A. It's B. It's available. It's it. That was the drug. That was the big thing back in the mid '90s. Heroin was like people used to come from Ontario. Yeah, I can't move out here. It was the drug. It was, it was like the mecca of drug addicts, right? Mm. Um, so it's like, cleaned up a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um. Hanging around with just different people. Like, I, I'd, I'd been doing drugs before then. Marijuana, mushrooms, acid, right? And then, you know, one thing leads to another, and you're doing coke. One thing leads to another, and you're doing yeah, heroin. Yeah, try this. Yeah. And I was like, okay. We'll just keep raising the bar yeah. until the bottom drops out of yeah. it. Want to do a fix, kid? Yeah. So somebody yeah. shot you up? Yeah. Where were you? In his apartment in New Westminster, which is a suburb of Vancouver, yeah. Yeah, it's a nice area. It's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> so you're there with a belt around your arm. This Pretty guy's much. shooting yeah. you up. Yeah, give me a fix. And then what did you did you puke? Nah, I didn't feel it at first because I was so scared of ODing. I didn't. Uh, you, know, <laughs> you were panicked. Nothing mode. happened, right? I'm like, what the fuck is this all about? And then eventually, you know, you keep on. <laughs> if at first you don't succeed, yeah, <laughs> right. And so the next thing I know, I did a fucking blast, and I was in love. Really? It was mainly, I actually preferred shooting cocaine to heroin, but I've never seen a fix of heroin I didn't like either, right? Sure. So, um, it was shooting cocaine, and eventually you start doing heroin to take the edge off the blow. I don't know if any of your listeners have ever done cocaine or not, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a few. <laughs> yeah, one or two, right? Yeah. Sometimes uh, when you run out, it doesn't feel very good. No. You start questioning your life. Heroin takes that away beautifully. Does it? It's like the, the cure for off? cocaine addiction. Oh, <laughs> uh, heroin's a cure for cocaine addiction. That's a T-shirt with a Hastings <laughs> yeah. Street sign yeah. in the background. Exactly. So you do a fix. Of, you do a fix of junk, and uh, all the pain goes away. Yeah, I know. I heard some some friends of mine who were uh, were smoking it, and they were fucked heroin on it too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, heroin's one of those drugs that, unlike some of the other ones, the un, it doesn't matter the method of administration: snorting, smoking, shooting. It's pretty much the same. You get the same reaction. Pretty much. If you shoot coke, it's different than snorting coke, though. Okay. Shooting coke's like shooting coke's like unlike anything I've ever done in my life. It's totally different than snorting it. It's like. And once you once you do a sh- fix a coke, you're probably never really interested in snorting it ever again, right? And it's it's like shooting needles, yeah. man. But as a guy who was spending time in Vancouver, you knew that that at even at 15, it's like this heroin shit is no good. Yeah, but I got I had nothing else going on, and it looked yeah. like it looked, I had like I said, I had acceptance, and at least I had a purpose. If I I grew up in a family where. They said it to me and also treated me like it, even un- it, they didn't mean to, or I was treated like a fucking a burden or a piece of shit, right? Yeah. And it's funny because I come from a upper middle class white family, mm-hmm. so on the surface it looked like things should have been oh, okay. Oh sure, but Nothing my parents were. Oh God bless mess. them. My parents were fucked, right? Yeah. And um, I just didn't feel I didn't feel like I was I belonged to the family. Sure. So I was 
human beings need to connect. Yeah. And you'll connect to anything. Sure. Right? You, and you, I didn't care what... If it's filling what, some sort of void, no matter how destructive Something it is, is better than nothing, even if it's toxic. Yeah. Right? That's why you see people in so many abusive relationships. Right. They'd rather have that than be alone. That's right. Yeah, same. And that's, that's why I cry in the shower. Right. <laughs> Fucking... I've had terrible relationships. Oh. I've been talking yeah. a little bit yeah. on stage. See how yeah. quiet the audience got? Yeah. Did you you came out and did a spot. Yeah. Uh, were you Thursday? Thursday, yeah. Yeah, how, for how you. Was, how was it? Oh, well, it was interesting because... You do comedy. I do, yeah. I do, yeah. yeah. I, I do, yeah. Uh, Former heroin addict. Yeah. Prison. Yeah. And now stand-up. Uh, now stand-up. That's a good transition. Yeah, the trifecta. You're not the first comic to probably do prison time. I think every great artist should be arrested once. Yeah, just 30 days. Just get it get it out of you. Yeah. Get it into give, you. Give you some Johnny Cash yeah. street cred. So I, Thursday was a big deal for me because opening for you, um, I had been told for years I should do comedy because of Facebook. I used to write jokes on Facebook. But so many people would get offended by the stuff I'd, I'd joke people about. People getting offended on yeah, Facebook? Right, no. I know. But a lot of people would laugh, but a lot of people would get offended. And I just thought, because unlike a lot of comedians, I don't know about you, I didn't really watch a lot of comedy before I got into comedy. The big ones, Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, sure. these guys. But I'd never really, I wasn't into like, if you told me uh, Jim Norton or uh, uh, fucking some of these guys who aren't quite as household names, but mm -hmm. I, I'd never heard of any Bill of Burr. Bill Burr. I'd never yeah. heard of him. Even Louis, Louis C.K., yeah, I'd yeah. never heard of him. Um, uh, so, and then I saw one of your shows. I was like. Live? Oh, yeah, at the Rio Theater, uh -huh. 2012. That was terrible. I loved it. Well, you, you, you had you converted one soul, uh, and I went, "Oh well, people are paying to see this. I can do a comedy." <laughs> How many comedians look at it and go, "Hey, I can be an asshole too." Yeah, I fucking I can. I got that down in spades. I'm a fucking excel at that. Um, and so about six months later, I took a comedy class, mm -hmm. and I was good at it. I mean, I I, I I'm not at uh. Lots to learn, no, but you, lots you, to grow. You, yeah, you gravitated towards it, and you're yeah. like, oh, "Okay, I'm, and, I'm picking and, up on this." And you know what? It was the first thing I ever found in my life, even, even including drugs, that I was good at, and I could recognize I was good at it. Like, I, my yeah. self-loathing levels are really bad sometimes. Me and too. I, I think it I'm saved a my life. Yeah, and I saw this, and I'm like, "No, I can do this." And it was the first thing I ever found that I didn't mind disciplining myself and putting in time and energy and like not quitting when it was hard or anything. I'm a guy who's a good starter, bad finisher, right? Yeah. This is not one of them. This yeah, is the only too. thing I've ever found. It's it's like I've been looking my whole life for this thing. Yeah. And I'm not looking to get famous necessarily. I mean, sure, great, but that would be a byproduct of your hard work. I and just time. like doing it. I yeah. when people laugh at some of this shit, because I joke about my life on stage, when they laugh at it, I think I think, fuck yeah, this is cool, man. It's like yeah. shedding dead skin. Absolutely. So to brings us up to last Thursday, uh, I beg yuck yucks because I'm not signed with them, uh, 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 and and they have this thing where you can't really perform if you're not signed or on their what they call a fast track yeah. program on, I, on the radar. Yeah, and I just said please, and she get, she's I was tried to get a spot on one of your weekend shows, and uh -huh. she goes ah uh, we can't I those, can't I can't yeah. budge on those, but she said the Thursday one sold. Yeah, and um, I knew one of your friends. Dave yes. and uh, he Who just had a heart attack. Fucking asshole. I got to call uh, him what today. A dick. And uh, he, uh, he, I said he was going to make, he was going to introduce me to you. And then he, he Facebooked you instead. Yeah. And so then I started talking to you and I, Dave did, get well soon. Yeah. Thanks buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I owe you a pop <laughs> or whatever your Sh thing is. A sugar free one. Yeah. Oh yeah. No salt. Yeah. Um, so then I opened for you and it was funny. The lineup they had that night was I'm not going to call them clean, but they were definitely polar opposite to you, right? And, and yeah. not near you. And I, I got up on stage and I'm like, I even said, this is like a big deal to me to be on this stage right now uh, for opening for Jason Rose. Oh, who here came to see Jason Rose? Silence. Yeah. No. Who here has heard of Jason Rose? Silence. Nothing. And I just went, okay, I guess I'll warm you up for him then, right? <laughs> heroin, prison, heroin, prison, prison. And they're, they're laughing at it though. They thought it was funny. Yeah. And, uh, I did some dark shit, which I, that's my thing. Mm -hmm. I write what you know, and uh, they seem to enjoy it. And uh, yeah, I had a great time. It was cool. And I was watching you. It was good. Yeah. It was good. Because you're a role model to me, not so much because of your material, that too, but I like seeing how you handle shit like that because I'm still learning how to handle shit. Like in Vancouver, 
oddly enough, we have a horrendous drug problem. You say heroin on certain stages, it has the impact of 17 rape jokes. Yeah. Like they get so weirded out by it. And so watching... It's been, it's been so many people have been affected by it. I guess so. Or it's like an alcoholic family. We just don't talk about that, right? And watching you deal with an audience that gets awkward is, 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 is cool to see because then I can learn from that, right? Totally. And yeah. there's, there's, you, can, you can recover from it and, and, make, and make it happen. But right. I do, I create repetitive awkwardness. Right. Over and over and over. You kind of like it though, eh? Yeah, well, I yeah. love the tension. And right. I try and figure out a way to perform to right. bring it back. Right. Um, but I do love being in a hole. Okay. I, my one of my favorite things is to get out of a bad spot. Right. Right. And see, okay, let's see what you're made out of here. Yeah. Create a horrific situation and and then get out of it. Right. Yeah. I like it. It's been uh, it's it's been a while, but I totally agree with you. When I uh, after my first show, I was like, <laughs> this is what I'm gonna do. Yeah. And I really uh, embraced everything that came with it and. Still learning every time, you know, every day I'm trying to learn something new and, and develop a broader uh, performance. Um, but yeah, it's good. And uh, what's your plan? What, My, would, what would you think? What would you uh, think? Now you've done everything that you you shouldn't have been doing. Right. Now you're, you've, you're three years in comedy? Uh, two, almost two. Almost yeah. two almost years. Almost two, yeah. And uh, what would you see yourself in the next year or so uh probably middling mm. uh maybe even headlining little shows yeah uh, emceeing and stuff like sure. that doing some road work uh i do lots of weird shows that like i did a swingers party slash orgy on the weekend oh yeah how yeah. was that it was great it was great it was it was fun uh were the people attractive uh they're they're you know what it is it's kind of a cross section of they're just average people so there's some like Super attractive people. There's some non-traditionally attractive people. It, it's it's normal people. It's not a bunch of porn stars or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, no, right? it's like wreck Beach. Pretty much, yeah. So um, I was kind of their warm-up act. So before the, bit, the, the, the action got started, they, uh, they, they, uh, they didn't have a stage or anything. It's one of these things where there's no mic either, right? Well, so, oh, really? Yeah, so th this, my stage was a pool table in the, in the games room. Table. Yeah. And I'm in Two my teenage runaways. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I got a pool cue for you. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I'm in my underwear doing a comedy. Sh yeah. And I had uh, 20 minutes was my contract, and I got paid to do it, and it was really cool. And, That's awesome. Uh, yeah. And they enjoyed it. They were a great crowd. One of the better crowds I've ever had, actually, considering they weren't a comedy crowd. Yeah, they're yeah. but people in. The and the perverts are a little more forgiving. A little bit. There, there's certain... I, I knew there was a bit of a line. I knew they had a line that they didn't know they had. I could just tell, like... And because I'm in a situation like that, it's almost corporate comedy, in a, in a sense, right? In, in a, yeah, in a strange kind In a strange way. Frequency. So I can't be telling any kind of fucking... Any kind of creepy, super creepy... Uh, sexually violent jokes or pedophile this or any of that which i have lots of but it's gonna turn, i can't no one's gonna want to fuck after right. that I, and they're gonna be weirded out and you're the fluffer right unlike a fucking comedy show where i can just leave the show when i'm done i'm kind of hanging out there afterwards mm -hmm. and if i tell a rape joke or something like that they might not be that pleased with me being there so sure. i there was a there was you're a not lot, wanted party guest yeah. now so i had to tread not lightly but that had to be a, and they were like, "Oh, you could have gone harsher." Yeah, I, and I was like, "Nah, guys, no, nah, I I was comfortable that, with work." That's always in hindsight, yeah. people. So you could have gone, "No, no, 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 no." I did my, I did what I did because I I'm a professional performer. Yeah, and I know what how to read a room. And, yeah. and and do it from there. Yeah, I uh, I'm getting better at reading rooms. Like some I can, um, clubs I'm not that good at yet. Uh, I don't. My best sets aren't always at clubs. They're actually usually at these weirdo kind of alternative one-off type places. Um, they're not. Uh, I've had some good sets at clubs, but clubs I find I find the hardest. Yeah, often and uh, not every time, but just often enough. When you start doing those consistently, you, your your skill set will start develop to work clubs. Right. You know, but right now you're in a different. You're you got your foot in the club market, but yeah. majority of your stage time is coming through. 
these makeshift shows and and, and bars and, and stuff. Like yeah, uh, I do. Uh, one place I do I get asked to do a lot are, is the recovery circuit. So twelve uh-huh. step uh, organizations ha- or fellows. A lot of guys do that. Yeah, they have these conventions. Sober, yeah. sober comedy. Yeah, yeah, stuff yeah, like that. yeah. And I have the neat thing I have is I've been clean for a long time, and I am able to make recovery jokes too right so i can make the addiction shit Mm -hmm. but i also have like the it's like industry talk yeah 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 yeah, Yeah. you're on the inside yeah you're not just saying uh, looking in and uh yeah and uh making some just flipping no i i can i can make fun of the culture of the of 12 steps and like isn't it funny when this happens at a meeting and like when your sponsor says this or whatever i say right yeah Mm -hmm. and so that that's pretty cool um i get asked to do like rehab sometimes um, metal shows I do because I'm into metal like you uh, mm-hmm. so I love metal and the metal shows they get me to perform at that's cool they're awesome that's a tough they're one. tough but they're fun I like it, it, it I'm similar to you because they're so hard I'm like okay let's fucking do this right it's very difficult to get your attention yeah but it's, uh, it works when it when it works it works great I, yeah. I enjoy it it's a it's a it's a lot of fun uh, what do you got coming up uh Tomorrow I'm in Victoria at a show. When Are you doing hecklers? No, no, it's just just a ten minute spot at a. They, they I can't get on hecklers. They Fuck. Won't, neither can I. Fuck them. I did it uh, once, and then they said they didn't, they didn't want me back. Right. I just said fuck them, and I'm not. I'm new, too new to be saying that. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, there's only I mean, four that, gigs. Jason said that, not me. <laughs> I was just quoting him. Uh, it's just a room. It's a good room. I've done it before. Uh, then Wednesday, I have a show that I run. It's a bi-weekly one. I'm going to give you. I'm going to get yeah, you up Wednesday. on it. Yeah, on uh, at the Hindenburg on uh, 23 West Cordova. Thursday, I have a show at the downtown east side at Pat's Pub. That'll be interesting. It's uh, who are some of your favorite comics to watch in on the West Coast? On the like guys who are based out of here. Yeah, uh, I like. Uh, do you know Archie when he's up here? Yeah. Uh, I like um, John Bueller to watch. Uh, I like uh, Kyle Bottom. I don't know if no. he's a newer guy, he's, he's, he, but he's he's really funny. He's only been doing it seven or eight years, but he seems like he's been doing it fifteen or twenty. He's it's, it's oh, like good. he's like just took to it. Um, Dylan Reimer, uh, Brett Martin, um, Simon you, King, who, Simon King. He's, who's your uh, what would be your ideal career with who? Like if you had to role model yourself, your your comedy career after somebody, Don Stanhope, 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 <laughs> yeah, you or Stanhope, and I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. No, serious, because you guys did it mm. in spite of not you shouldn't have done it, right? Yeah. Like all you're you're an anomaly yourself, you and him, right? Like because you do things you're not supposed to do and walk crowds and stuff, and it's like, but no, people still they still come, yeah, and they We're d- still demand here. that you come. We're still fact. here, yeah, yeah. and. That's, I know I'm still, I'm too new to be like completely emulating you guys, but it's like, for me, it's a beacon of hope. Like I don't have to, I don't have, because people tell me all the time, I get all kinds of contradictory feedback. Mark, we really want to hear your prison stuff. Then I get up on stage and they tell me, oh, it's a bit too heavy for some people, Mark. Maybe write some clean stuff. And it's like, ah, fuck. So I see guys like you and Stanhope and I just go, I don't totally disregard other comedians, but I'm like, okay, as long as the, uh, it's, I, I'm just going to kind of, you're my trajectory. Like, I'm not, I'm going to do my own thing, yeah, yeah, but yeah. at least, you know what totally. I mean? Yeah. You're like, okay, there's a mark. Yeah. There, there's a, there, I can, uh, I'm going to shoot. A benchmark, yeah. In, in that yeah. direction. Yeah. And then I'm going to figure out what the next thing is. But right now I can go from here to here. Right. And there'll be, there'll be some. There's some, a market for it. Yeah. People, there are audiences, like on the weekend, oddly enough, someone called Yuck Yucks to see when I was performing next. And I'm not a signed yucks guy. Yeah. I'm there often enough, but it's like, okay, cool. Is there. there a social worker calling and looking for you? Uh, <laughs> some chick I fucked. I think I didn't use a condom or something. Anyway, um, I gave her a fake ID. I don't know how she found me. But uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Yeah, I've had some stalkers. I got some stalkers, not from comedy, from Tinder. Actually, I got a stalker once. I had this girl, she used to paint pictures of me. Oh, nice. And say that she was God and I was the devil and we were supposed to come together and make the universe right. Sounds kind of cool, but it's one of those ones you don't want to do, actually. It's a, uh, yeah. It's a bear trap hidden in a vagina, right? Some kid came to my show with a dead rat. He said he was going to shoot me. Oh, have you ever gotten death threats? Yeah. Yeah. 
Not not that often. Yeah. Anyone ever attacked you on stage? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Not maybe maybe like four or five times right. in, in twenty years. Right. So. That's not that much, actually. No, I know yeah. everyone yeah. seems surprised. Really? Yeah. I've only realistically I've had maybe three direct hateful messages and a few attacks. Right. I got almost attacked once on stage. Uh, six months in, I wasn't even doing comedy that long. And it wasn't even a bad joke. It was jumped on stage at a strip club <laughs> at the orgy. He had he had a bat in his hand. Uh, no, it was at a shitty bar, and a girl got offended by a joke I told, which wasn't even that bad. She was Vancouver just, loves getting offended. Yeah, and the guy basically wanted to play the hero, so he started rushing the stage. And I'm not a tough guy, but don't do that to me, man. Like I just yeah. said, sit the fuck down or I'll knock your ass out. And he sat down. Right? Okay, and that was the end of that. So, do you can always <laughs> swing the mic stand. Here's I'm a small guy. Your viewers can't see this, but I'm a small guy, and I know from the good old days I had to learn how to get out of sticky situations alive. And I'm not a good fighter, so I'm to this day when I walk into a room, I still assess out to see where the weapons are and stuff like that. Right? If I need to grab one, mic stand, microphone, mm -hmm. glass, ch chair. That's whatever, a yeah. product of your environment. Yeah, man. When you when you go on when you go on stage to tell jokes, you're also looking for things to swing at people. If things go sour. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, Vancouver bitches, fucking Van Canadian girls are the shit. Yeah, I I'm so emotionally abused by the uh, Hollywood skank that these Canadian girls are awesome. Right, they're very, they're very great. They look great. They're smiling. I was walking around uh, Granville Street today, and uh, I just thought it was great. There was just so many pretty girls, and I'd smile at them, and they, well, I sorry, I'd. I'd scowl at them you'd leer at them yeah like, oh my god and they'd be like ah oh, yeah i know i'm beautiful where in la it's like they don't know who you are or care what you do right um i heard in la it's all about what people can do for you or for them that's it's it's like what do you like the first thing is what do you do for work because they want to find out what kind of oh yeah, yeah what, what why they're wasting their time yeah, talking to yeah. you and these are nobodies too right yeah that's every, the funny thing they've got all, an inflated sense of self-importance right oh, yeah it is it, it and especially somebody who's been in programs and stuff it, like that and it, know when you uh the the entitlement and yeah, stuff yeah. it is on another level it's yeah. something it's something where you're just like just people in lineups to get in the clubs and the way they talk to the, the staff and the and security and this, this like, excuse me, do you not know? I'm not, do you know who I am? No, uh, I'm with so-and-so, but sometimes they do know right. somebody right. And, they, and that's just how they're used to dealing with people. But there's some people that emulate that and they're just fucking talentless idiots. Right. God. So I think but, if I ever relocate and, and I'm allowed to enter the States, I, I think I'll skip LA. I'll go there and I don't want to live there though. I don't from this everything no, I hear. Go, I'm like go. fuck that. Sh really? It's uh, it's fun though. Uh, it's fun, uh, especially somebody who's come through the, the system and stuff. Uh, You're way more around uh, aware of uh, have, getting around it. It's the dummies that come off the bus from middle of nowhere. Right. Where, I'm gonna be on a reality right. show. Right. Right. Where you're like, no, you're not gonna be yeah. on a reality show. You're gonna be uh, pornography. Well, yeah. I often get told though by comics who road guys. And guys who come up from the states and all over, they say you do well in the states with my stuff, right? Mm -hmm. the with the prison and addiction stuff, which is funny. Back to Vancouver comedy, I, I only I only really have Vancouver as a reference point. I've never I haven't done enough comedy elsewhere to yeah. know what it's like. But everyone says this in some ways is a very difficult town to do comedy in, like especially if it's edgier because the people get so offended and uptight, and it's yeah. like. But people say if you can survive Vancouver, then you can do it anywhere. That's the other. I don't know. New York. If right. you do it in New York, you can do it anywhere. Oh, okay. New, New York and England, London, England, and New York City. I think L.A. and Vancouver. It's it's a different machine. Okay. But uh, if you're a New New York comedian, can work anywhere. Right. Uh, a London comic can work anywhere. Right. A lot of these guys uh, that work in Los Angeles and uh, in Vancouver never leave the state or province. Right. They just kind of hover around this right. area, and their their, their skill set is a little more right shorter. I I know you were asking me earlier where do I see myself in comedy. I know I'm not gonna stay here. Well, what, also what you said too was a very realistic goal for yeah. you to have. I'm in the middle, you know, yeah. headline my own independent yeah. shows, and uh, that's all attainable. Yeah, I I see that as as not too hard to do, and and. Uh, I'm uh, 
just keep on going. Like I, I can already do an hour. I don't know if it's any good or not, but I've done it by accident. I did an hour once. I just, mm-hmm. I, I didn't know. And I looked at the time and I had 55 minutes and I still had 10 minutes of material to go. And I was like, and they were enjoying it. So yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. How do people get a hold of you? Where they, where can they see you? Uh, okay. Uh, I'm easy to find on Facebook. Mark B. Hughes. Mm-hmm. The B is for benevolent. No, it's uh, for my middle name, Bartholomew. True story. Huh? Uh, I actually just put the B in recently because I was hard to find for some reason. There was a lot of Mark Hughes. So Mark Hughes, Mark B. Hughes. Uh, my Twitter is something I always forget. What is it here? Because I need to know that. It is... Uh, at Hughes nineteen eighty Mark, and uh, if you're in Vancouver, I'm easy to find. I do lots of comedy all over the place. Thanks for being on the show, Mark. You're welcome. Have a good one. We'll uh, see you again okay. in the next Vancouver trip. Okay. See ya. Don't kiss me on the mouth. Don't ask if you're hurting me. And if you hear the safe word, stop what you're doing immediately. Do you have pantyhose? <laughs>